Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Addicts to their own bodies. Written by Alt Cipher. General Cat knelt before the throne. The emperor glared down at his hooked and brutal beak. The general held his position under the withering stairs from the room full of sycophants until the emperor spoke a single word. Report. The honorifics to which the general was entitled had been left unsaid. With Cat feeling the cut like a physical blow to his unprotected penny, he pushed himself to his feet and steeled his nerves. My lord emperor, we were defeated by the humans, General Cat said. We are aware of your failure. None does not lose a third of their military without noticing, the emperor said. The throne room would normally be awash with whispers and intrigue, but as the general stood at the foot of the dais, the room was silent as the void between the stars. Of course, your highness, Ket said, slightly bowing. We would hear the reason for your miscarriages and how the humans routed you. The emperor spoke. Ket could feel the eyes of the courtiers and lickspittles lock into his soul. My lord, we advanced to the planet Aranda in false. The natives of this planet had developed a new drive for starships that held the promise of faster and more efficient ships. Your highness widely directed us to secure the technology for the glory of your empire, Cat said. He felt his mouth trying to rebel against him, dryness in throat, lips moving too slowly, tongue which felt like a hundred pounds too heavy. This we know, the empress said. Of course, your majesty, Admiral Haig and his command of fleet operations while I took command of the ground invasion. The admiral destroyed all opposition upon entering the system. The glory of your empire was plain for all to see. The ships in orbit and paltry automated defenses were no match for your majesty's flagship. Within a quarter of a day, I had begun landing troops, Cat said. He felt a bit of routine entering into his speech. He had been delivering reports on military actions his entire adult life, and the familiarity brought solace. We are so uncertain as to the location of the prototypes and schematics, Ket said, and we had a division of your highness's best soldiers at the enemy's known research facilities across the globe. I personally commanded four divisions attacking the Arundur capital, the enemy. Naturally could not stand against your majesty's radiance, and we had secured the capital in less than three days. The emperor nodded for the general to continue. Just after the dawn of the first day post-invasion, the admiral contacted me. He alerted me to a new fleet exiting FDO. It was a pitiful fleet, the admiral told me, barely worth mentioning. That's what he said. It was barely worth mentioning. The general said, trading off, his eyes hollow as his mind went back to the planet. This new fleet was a quarter the size of ours, the general said. We thought that whoever did their simulations and projections must have been asleep the day that they planned their attack. 
The fleet simulation told the Admiral that his new fleet stood only a 20% chance of victory and would take upwards of 50% losses. A ripple of murmurs made its way through the room. The Emperor silenced it with a terrible glare. But by midday, we had lost contact with the Admiral. I found myself much later that the new fleet had jammed communications throughout the system as their first volley. They descended upon our fleet like a flock of carrion eaters while their warships were busy with the Admiral's fleet. A dozen troops broke through their orbital line and started deploying troops. It was the first time any of us had seen a human. In their armor clothes, they would not seem that intimidating. No wings, and only a few above five tenems tall. You might mistake them for prey animal, but only once. The humans do not allow you to underestimate them twice. The general felt the right hand began to shake when the tenons scraped against his uniform. He did not care as he was lost in his memory. Even the emperor's icy gaze could not penetrate the horrors of the general's mind. They, uh, dressed the attack from the moment they made contact with the ground, the general said. They splintered into dozens of smaller groups. There was no line of battle. They cared nothing for the proper forms. They only desired. They only lusted for our blood. White troops were cut down by the basketful. They're flying machines. Oh, yes, they use machines to fly. Their flying machines wove through the sky like they were born to it. Some of those flying machines would drop explosives on our heads of my people. Some were only there to harry our wingmen. The emperor sat back in his chair, his face dropped all expression. They had seen our encampments from space and their approach. As befits civilized warfare, we were separated from the natives. Later, I learned that the humans would have been much more selective in their destruction had we intermingled. They had committed to kidding us, but not the natives. Their wave of destruction was total. The Admiral's fleet was annihilated and my ground troops were slaughtered. The Emperor tapped the long curved talon on the throne. So tell us, Ket, why are you still alive? If these humans were as terrible as you describe, how did you survive? The general looked back at the emperor. I am their messenger, majesty. They kept me alive for their own purpose. I was captured and taken to their leader of the ground forces. One would not have guessed him to be in command. He wore no finery and looked no more special than any other human soldier I'd seen. These humans told me that I may be spared, so that I may come here and tell my story. I spent several days as their prisoner and learned much. The one thing that has truly bothered me is something that these humans called uh, adrenaline. When a human becomes scared or anxious, their bodies produce, naturally, a toxic drug that gives them unbelievable abilities. Master reactions create a strength more acute mental processing. Most of those human soldiers had been pumping this drug into their bodies for hours or days by that point. The emperor looked sideways at the general. You say they are a race of addicts, that this drug like this gives them superpowers. Yes, your majesty, their species has evolved with this capability. 
I asked them about it over and over, and all their answers agreed no matter who I asked them. There is a gland which produces this drug inside every human. If you were to remove that gland, the human would die. This adrenaline of the humans is their secret weapon. They cannot produce it indefinitely, but when they do, the general trailed off and his shiver ran through him. General Cat, we find your story outrageous, the Empress said. A species born of addicts to a superpower creating drugs showed up with a quarter of the number of your warriors. Defeats our forces handedly, but spares you to come and tell us fantasy. I understand your skepticism, your highness, but that isn't the message they sent me with. Is it not? No, highness. Their message is this. Invade no more worlds. Start no more wars. Keep the peace. Humanity is here now, and we're watching. They think to threaten us. The emperor made to stand, but the general continued speaking. One last thing, majesty. They also have offered friendship. If we send an envoy to meet with them, they will open up diplomatic relations. I do not believe the leader I spoke to cared to send that message, but the human leaders ordered it. I believe... I believe their commanders on the ground forces I spoke to with sincerely hopes that you will not send an envoy so that their warriors may continue to fight us. The humans, I believe, it is a great honor to risk their lives in defense of those who cannot defend themselves. End of story. Story number two. Indistinguishable from technology. Written by Aspire again. Report on human first contact from neighbor 1132. Oh, my royals, I beg to report the meeting with the humans on the edge of 589201-5, known to the humans as Trappist-F, has led to the discovery that their technology is far more advanced than our observations have reported. The First Contact Board strongly recommends that we treat the species not as prey, but as a danger to the royal systems with whom we must ensure do not cross territorial boundaries as they expand their dominion. First Contact Meeting arranged after the human exploratory ship and their own crossed paths by chance with 595095 system was composed of groups of scientists, diplomats, military, and political beings on each side. At first, we thought them near-barbarous species, whose rough technology had brought them far, yet not so far as the polished and fine technologies of the Royal Academies and shipyards. Their request for cultural exchange and potential trade first led us to believe that they wished to be vassals to the royal throne. We quickly changed our perspective after they made their show of dominance. It happened after the completion of the first session. A two-third day cycle had completed, and we followed the agreed-upon agenda to follow their ritual of sharing sustenance and to observe cultural performance from both species before the human's nocturnal restoration. After sharing sustenance, our cultural representative, the renowned 113, gave a splendid musical interpretation of prime numbers up to 7,919, leaving the humans gasping in amazement. I saw many open their mouths wide, breathing in deeply. 
although they hastened to cover their astonishment by holding their frontal digits before their breathing and eating orifices. Then they brought out their own cultural representative, and it became clear that the technology is not just a tool for the species. It is embedded so deeply in their beings that they consider it a form of art. Their representative, whom they referred to as Chen Lu Tenth, was dressed all in black, but for a white garment under the outer coat. After baring his teeth and a standard greeting for their species, a sign that casual threats are a part of their culture for 2267 insists, he began a demonstration that made it clear that their technology was beyond mastery. I'll beg, my royals, that you will review the visual records of the event as we have many times since, to try and detect the machinery that they used, which must have been vanishingly microscopic. It is unlike anything that we have ever seen in tens of thousands of species we have found since our noble line inaugurated the star travel. Chen Lu spoke to us casually and demonstrated their technological prowess first showing how he was able to make small globes appear and disappear at will from between his frontal limb digits with a simple shake of them. He then placed one of the small globes before us, before me, in fact, and then covered it with one of the three opaque cups and placed the two others on either side. He then moved them from side to side several times in a pattern that one of my own younglings could follow, making it simple to know where the globe was at all times. But then Chen Lu showed that not only could he make the globes disappear at will, as the globe was never under the cup when he asked us to tell us where one was, but he was able to instantly teleport the globe from one cup to another. It was terrifying experience, my royals, though he performed it with great ease. There were several other demonstrations that you will see in the visual recordings, which include, but are not limited to, making solid matter pass through solid matter as demonstrated with metal rings. Anti-gravity, as shown through the levitation of a glowing light source, telepathy, as he was able to know the number and symbol that I had chosen from a stack of small pieces of sealed paper. Some incredible technology that I cannot fathom, in which my own upper limbs computer brace teleported from my wrist into his without my knowledge. One more. It was so overwhelming that the negotiator fainted and had to be removed. His last demonstration was something called an old-fashioned, saying that it had been done for centuries amongst his kind, which is most disconcerting if true, as our own knowledge does not even approach the boundaries of it. Chen Lu looked into the ornamental dressing from his head and then which he called a top hat and dropped a small piece of unrefined fabric within, which he referred to as a cotton ball. He then showed us the cotton ball and the hat and asked us to look closely, which we did, taking several image recordings. He then placed the hat on a small table that he had used throughout his demonstrations and raised up a large stylus, black have the white end and activated it with some kind of voice recognition technology by making the vocal pattern Aulukuzam. My royals, it amazes me to report that the humans can transform inanimate matter into living creatures. He reached into the hat and pulled out a small mammal with long auditory senses and an active scent instrument, and turned to show the cotton ball still remained affixed to the rear of the creature. The humans then smashed their frontal digits together, which we took as a sign of dominance on their part, 
much like the chest beating of the 84920-2 beast, and our party all bowed our heads in a ritual subservience. Their humans were so confident in their technology that our request they shared with us the stylus, the globes, and the laminate paper, although Chen Lu balked at providing the hat, the rings, and the small mammal, saying that uh, the secrets of the trade are sacred, and the mammal that Lei Ving would slaughter him if he returned without her bunny. Our examination has shown nothing remarkable about the material of the stylus, which Chen Lu referred to as a wand, making us believe that whatever machinery exists must have been at a subatomic level. My royals, once again we must vote the first contact board implore you that we not make war upon the humans, but that we establish peace. Their technology, which they treat as some kind of minor art, may not be immediately evident within their crude starships or the weaponry that we have observed but it must be present and available, and would doubtlessly be unstoppable in the war. I urge you once again to review the visual recordings, in preparation for the diplomatic party that we agreed the humans would send in one sun cycle, which will include one of the most esteemed scientists, a uh, Mr. David Copperfield, the twelfth. Oh, my royals, I am yours to serve, loyally, 1132. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.